Hello everybody and welcome back to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. As always, my name is Andy Spateri and I'm joined by my co-host Taylor Wells. What's up Taylor? Oh, nothing much. Just a little tired and figuring out what to do about my phone. It's unfortunately got a bum battery so I gotta figure out whether to replace it or replace the phone entirely. I think that you should just get a new phone. Every chance, every chance I ever get to get a new phone, I take it. Yeah, but that costs. I mean, me... like you get the newest technology, then it's old. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. It's definitely definitely um, a thought. Who's a? I was talking about the Nokia N gauge with someone the other day. Do you remember that? That thing? is some old pieces of tech. The only time you I see ever if you could ran. track down one of those guys. I don't think I can. The only time I ever actually ran across an, an actual N-Gage was when I worked at GameStop way, way back in, like, 2009. I, I remember seeing uh, some N-Gage games. There was only, like, five since there was only, like, ten games. But I remember Tomb Raider was on the N-Gage. I, I remember seeing that. Really? For anyone was that doesn't it? know what the N-Gage is, it's a phone made by Nokia in, like, 2003 that was kind of like a Game Boy Advance but kind of like a phone and not very good either pretty it much didn't last very long yeah. the only reason we had it at GameStop was because there were like four games or something that we had on it and nobody ever asked about it I never had to sell anything on it so I never really ever knew anything about it but we actually had you know a physical one in the store you know what's funny if my memory serves me correctly the cartridges for N-Gage actually look kind of similar to Switch cartridges now. Like, they were kind of smaller, compact cartridges, weren't they? They were, yes, they were compact. I don't remember the exact shape, so I can't really confirm or deny their Switch lookalike, but it sounds familiar. I, I think that they were, they were like, close enough. Like, they looked close enough to me. I wonder if they tasted the same. <laughs> like, really poor. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a good show for you this week. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we counted down our top 15 Game Boy Advance games, and we're back again to do the same thing with the Wii, one of Nintendo's most successful consoles ever. But before we get started with that, just want to take a quick second to give a quick plug to an article that we just put out that both Taylor and I were a part of. Uh, Zelda Dungeon just released a massive Mamajama feature that took a long time to put together, trust me, entitled... Zelda Dungeon presents our least favorite things about our favorite Zelda games. And this is a pretty cool article that just hit uh, on Friday that you should go and check out. Um, as the title implies, we took a poll of all the various editors and writers that work at Zelda Dungeon, asked them, hey, what's your least favorite part about your favorite Zelda game? Now, this is not as easy as it actually seems because it's, you know, you grow up with these games, they kind of... You almost take on a form of reverence to them, and uh, asking someone to pick apart their, you know, things that could be improved is a daunting task. Because I remember I was thinking like, well, you know, who am I to say what could be better about Ocarina of Time? Because that's that's a damn near masterpiece, you know. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, honestly. Because when you you don't, I th I think it's you don't really recognize sometimes how how much bias kind of affects your opinion on. On things, and as I was looking at Ocarina of Time and trying to f figure out what I didn't like, a lot of the things that I was coming up with were just like super, super minor things that just I, mm -hmm. I got over really easily. And you know what? That's the bulk of this list. It's it's just like 
annoying quirks rather than, you know, game-breaking experiences. Because, I mean, if there were game-breaking experiences, it probably wouldn't be the editor's number one favorite Zelda game. But yeah. there is some cool little anecdotes about uh, Twilight Princess shows up there a bunch, uh, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Wind Waker. to the Past, uh, Spirit Tracks even snuck its way in there, I believe. Um, so a lot of good stuff. Uh, that you can that you can check out over on ZeldaDungeon.com or .net rather, and uh, and tell us what you think about your favorite or least favorite parts of your favorite Zelda games. It's it's seriously it's it's not as easy as it sounds. So yeah, we'd love to hear what you think and uh, head on over and and check it out. I'm actually really happy that Spirit Tracks made the list, and not for the reasons like I think a lot of people would think. I'm just really happy it got some love, albeit in a disfavorable way but the fact that it is someone's favorite is amazing so um if i were to take my least favorite part about spirit tracks you know what it would be Mm, everything about the the whole game yeah (laughs) let's get on with our show (laughs) so so anyone that did not listen to the game boy advance episode the rules are simple um, we're going to count down our top 10 games and we're going to, we're going to explain to you why they made our list. Um, the only, the only rule, which if I'm going to be completely honest here, I'm, I'm going to break almost right away is that the games had to originate on the Wii. Now the, we made that rule for the Game Boy Advance because the Game Boy Advance was like port city for Super Nintendo games. And it wasn't really fair to put like a link to the past, Super Mario World, etc., etc on the the Game Boy Advance list. Now, I have one port on my list that we're going to talk about pretty quickly, and the Wii is kind of unique because a lot of games were ported to the Wii, but the controls were obviously reworked so vastly that you could consider it a new game. Um, so I'm, I, I decided to make one exception where I thought that the controls just really transformed the game into what it should have been, first of all. But then... Games like Resident Evil 4 and Metroid Prime Trilogy, I don't think it's fair to include those. So, no ports on the list, and uh, I think that's pretty much about all the rules that we have. Am I missing anything, Taylor? No, I think that's it. Alright. Well, let's get started then. We we flipped a coin, a virtual coin, and Taylor is going to kick off the proceedings here. So, without further ado... Taylor, what is your 10th favorite Wii game? All right, I think we're going to kick it off with a... I, I, I don't want to say, like, a given, but it kind of is. My number 10 is New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Now, we you have to have Mario when you're talking about any top 10 list for Nintendo. And yes. yeah, and, and I think we have a couple on both of our lists, but I I'm starting off with spoiler Super- Mario will show up again. Yeah. It, it's a given, as we said. But uh New Super Mario Brothers, we basically took has or rather took everything that we've seen in the Super Mario Brothers franchise uh beforehand. Like from the 2D versions, not the not like 64 and mm-hmm. Gala, uh, you know, Sunshine and all that stuff. But it takes all of our favorite things from 2D and 
puts it into like a it's like a 2.5D space. So you've got 2D background, your your side scrolling level platformer that we've all loved about Mario and then adds in modern graphics and 3D Mario characters. But that's not all. My absolute favorite thing about this is co-op play. Yes, co-op play was was awesome. Yeah, it is the first Super Mario game to uh, feature cooperative multiplayer at the same time. So you basically, you can hop on with a friend at any time and just play through the story. There's also a couple of uh, multiplayer modes. Uh, If I remember correctly, it's free-for-all mode and uh, coin battle. And in these, so in the story mode, obviously, you're going through as if you would normally play in single player, but you're doing it with a buddy. And it kind of incorporates things from, like, Super Smash, where, like, if you get too far apart, kind of the map pulls out to allow people to move together. But if you get too, too far apart, like, it'll start, like, edging the person at the edge yeah, all the yeah, way yeah. into where they lose a life if they don't, like, catch up. Um so yeah. it incorporates fun stuff from their other franchises into into the mechanic to make things fun and interesting. And then there are a couple of items that are unique to the cooperative mode. Um, and it, it also kind of co- incorporates... Did, did you play like a lot of multiplayer? I, I did with my brother when I was living with him uh, initially. But then after we moved out, I unfortunately was not able to play it as much as I wanted to. So I think by the end of my run with... with uh, new Super Mario's. I ended up playing more with the single player, but the time that I had with the cooperative mode, it was an absolute blast. Um, two things stick out to me about New Super Mario Bros. I remember getting it, and uh, I think at the time I was still of the mindset that I didn't want to play 2D Mario, and that's why this game did not make my list. Mm. Um, I, I wanted to play 3D Mario, but I did play through it, and the two things that stick out to me are first and foremost this game's red case. I, I will never forget that red case because it was such a such a contrast to all the rest of the the white Wii cases. It was pretty unique. And then I really dug the final battle with Bowser. I remember thinking that it was uh, like a like a really cool battle that uh, you know um, the lava was coming in all around you and you had to escape from Bowser. And I remember thinking that that was really fun. I did play a little bit of the multiplayer. Um, that wasn't. It, I, like I thought it was neat, but uh, but I I don't know if I would have put it. Well, I mean I didn't put it on my list, but uh, it, it was definitely a nice little two D Mario game. Well, here's I just some think incentive. for me it got overshadowed by the rest. But here's some incentive to try it out again. Okay, so you remember at the marathon how we played a little bit of Four Swords Adventure? Yes. So, New Super Mario Brothers basically allows you to kind of do some of the same thing. So you can pick up your buddy, you can toss them into lava if you want to, or toss them into holes, you can throw them around, um, you can, you know, get on Yoshi and <laughs> kind of swallow them and spit them out kind of thing. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, the shenanigans you can get up to. Yeah, um, I, I think that the, the newer, new Super Mario Bros. have, have obviously kind of surpass this if i was to go play a new super mario bros game it would probably be well actually it might even be the rumored port of the wii u game 
So there's that. But I'm sure that, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there will probably be something like that for Switch in the next, uh, you know, within Switch's lifetime. So yeah, I've heard I would that give too. The, I would give a, a game like this a shot again. But uh, yeah, that, that that didn't make my list, unfortunately. Eh, it's understandable. My number 10. My number 10 is kind of an anomaly because I played this game probably more than any other game on this list. But uh, at the same time, it's not really a great game. It's just, it's fun to do. So my number 10, the Wii port of Rock Band 2. So Rock Band 2 was released on all next-gen consoles at the time. So Xbox 360 and PlayStation 2. And uh, I bought the Wii version because I'm crazy. And now all my songs that I've downloaded are stuck in Wii Purgatory. But I put <laughs> so much time into this game with my buddies. Me and my roommate always, we, like, we rocked every single night. I played the drums and he played guitar. And we were really good. Like, we were, uh, we played on Expert and we were gold starring songs. And that happens when, like, you basically do the song without missing any notes. Um, a lot, I listened to a lot of new music and, like, a lot of bands that I can directly link back to Rock Band 2. Um, there, there was just, like, you know, it was it was a workout. Sometimes I'd be sitting there in my boxers, sweating because I'm drumming so hard. Um, so I have a lot of really fun memories of playing Rock Band Two, and I must have sunk. Oh man, like I must have sunk probably hundreds of dollars into DLC, and probably went through about a dozen foot pedals. I bought every single foot pedal for the Wii, or not even for the Wii. I don't think I don't even think it mattered. But I bought every single foot pedal in Calgary, Alberta. I went to like probably about, I don't know. We I think we have about eight different EBs in the city, and I, I bought out each one. See, had I known that you were going to cheat right off the bat and put something like this on there, I might have put it in too. I, I remember a fair amount. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not cheating because this game was a multi-platform game. I'm I, My cheat is coming up. Oh, this isn't it. Oh, come Well, okay. But still, it was released at the same time. It doesn't, it was, it doesn't matter. But it, it doesn't have to. We're not talking exclusives. But it didn't originate sure on did. the Wii. Sure it did. It was released on the Wii. And the 360 and the PS3. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be exclusives. It just you know has to come uh-huh. out on the Wii. Okay. I, I thought that was pretty obvious. Right. You know, except except for the wording used. But we'll get over that. I mean. Anyways, so it, it's, a, fair, it's not a port, it's just a multi-platform game, but yes, you're wrong again, continue. To, to be fair, it is. it was probably one of the more fun games I played back then, too. I I remember myself, like, I my friends and I, um, we went to, he lived in a place in Santa Monica, and we went there all the time because he had the full set, I didn't, and mm-hmm. we, would, we would play, like, all the way into, like, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning. I'd be on vocals. Oh, he'd yeah. be on guitar. We had another friend who would come over who was on bass because you could do the whole setup. And Yeah, sometimes I would do bass and vocals at the same time, both yeah. on expert because I'm a badass. It's so, it, so fun. And it, I think you're right. Like I, I discovered uh, some songs that I hadn't heard before that I ended up really, really liking through that, through that game as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my number 10. I, ca- I can't disagree with you on that at all. In fact, I kind of wish I put it on my list too. But anyway, my number 9 is, of course, Mario Kart for the Wii. Now, for <laughs> it's, it's funny because I skipped an entire generation of Mario Kart. 
Uh, I unfortunately did not have the easiest of access to a GameCube back in the day. And so really the only titles I ever got to play for it were a little bit of Twilight Princess. Most of the Twilight Princess I played was on the Wii. Um, but Twilight Princess, Super Smash Bros. Melee, and Wind Waker were like the three games that I played on GameCube. So I never really got to play like Mario Kart Double Dash or, you know, was there a second one released for the GameCube? I don't remember. No, just Double Dash. Just Double Dash? Well, yeah. Also, for anybody listening worried about uh, about this, we're going to do a GameCube episode one day. We're going to get a GameCube expert on to yeah. replace this schmo over here, Taylor Wells. I, I won't be able to contribute that episode at all. But, uh, yeah, so I, I, I missed out on the Double Dash adventures. But uh, when, when they came out with Mario Kart for the Wii, I remember one of the biggest draws to me, just for the sheer lulls, was the was the wheel that came with uh, that came with it, and you just stuck your Wiimote inside the center of it, and then you use that to drive. You absolutely did not need this accessory at all, but the hilarity of the fact that they they sold this <laughs> with the intention of saying, "Hey, <laughs> you don't need this, but it looks cool, right?" And it it absolutely I... did not. I hate Mario Kart Wii. Oh, I yeah? I think that's the worst Mario Kart game. Mostly because of that wheel. It was so, so awful. And you I... know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, pretty much with the wheel is the only way that I've ever played that game. But I, uh, I, I hate Mario Kart Wii. God, th- I hate that game. Do you think it would have been any better if you had ever taken the control the the Wiimote outside out of the wheel? Uh maybe. You know what? I don't know. I I I never owned it because I would, I was at the point where I was just like to me I was just like uh I don't want to buy any more Mario Kart games like you, you, like usually I would just rent Mario Kart before, right? Cuz you can you could beat the game in in a night if you really want to. Oh yeah. Um and, and, or you rent it when you had friends over. So I was like, I don't want to buy a Mario Kart because, like, you know, I'm going to be done it right away. And then, uh, yeah, I, like, every time I played it, it was at a party. And I just, I hate, I hate Mario Kart Wii. I, I don't really have anything else to add to that. I think for me, it was just be, I, I think it was a lot to do with the fact that I, I never really played Double Dash. So I'm going from old school Mario Kart 64 straight to Mario Kart Wii. And I was like, oh, wow, this looks great. It feels great. It mm-hmm. played... For me, it played a little bit better than I remembered Mario Kart 64 playing. And it... Uh... I Again, like I said, it was... like there, there was quite a gap in between when I was playing Mario Kart 64 and when I played Mario Kart Wii. But it, it retained all the things that I was familiar with. It added in a few, a few new things... Uh, a couple of stages, and they introduce new items and stuff, uh, especially between Mario Kart 64. I don't know how much they retain, retain from Double Dash, but it, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And then the uh, addition of drifting and slipstreaming kind of stuff, like different tricks that you can perform, it, it just felt a lot of fun. And then, ironically enough, I didn't play Mario Kart again until starting to work for Zelda Dungeon when we started having those uh, those Mario Kart Deluxe, or Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for Switch uh, employee mm-hmm. playthroughs <laughs> after. 
But yeah, yeah so that, uh, that's like, my number nine. It, that's funny because that's my favorite Mario Kart in this one. Is, I, oh, I'd the have to say deluxe? It's my least. Yeah. Well, maybe when Switch has enough uh, Smash hits out and we do our top 15 or top 20 or top 8,000 for Switch, we can, uh, we can throw that oh, one you, in there. You could do a top 15 for Switch already. Well, you could. Some interesting comments from my from my uh, question last week, by the way. Oh. But yeah, let's let's not get derailed. Let's head on to my number nine. I can already hear some people that are going to be complaining about this, and no, this isn't what I'm talking about the port side. But truth be told, I just don't think that there's all that many great games on the Wii, and I really struggled to to find games to fill this list with. So number nine, The Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. Spare me your this-is-a-GameCube-game nonsense. I played this game on the Wii. It was released on the Wii first, so suck it. It's a Wii game to me. So, uh, Twilight Princess, you know, what What more can you say about it? It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really good Zelda adventure. Um, it's not my favorite Zelda game, but that being said, even, like, some of the lower-tier Zeldas are still, when you, they're amazing games. Like, the worst Zelda game is still probably better than most other games, right? So, Twilight Princess did a lot of really cool things. Um, it had the uh, horseback riding combat. It had the cool transformation into a wolf. It, it it had, at the time, I was just like, yeah, the story is really dark and cool, and I appreciate that. And I don't think that that's aged very well for me. Thus, this game's lower place on the list. Um, but, you know, Twilight Princess is definitely, you know, it's it's a worthy Zelda game. It was a worthy sequel to Ocarina of Time. Um, and it was, you know, a lot of people swear by this game. It's a lot of people's favorite Zelda game. It's not mine, but it is one of my favorite Wii games. So I'd put it in the top ten. Yeah, I, I mean, I personally view Twilight Princess as a GameCube game. Which, which is odd, I guess, because I also first played it on the Wii. Um, I did also play the GameCube version for a bit because my brother was the one that owned Twilight Princess for the Wii. And so when I was at a friend's house who had a GameCube and I was spending a week there because um, we were going to this convention and... I, I really wanted to play it, and he had it there, so we played it. Uh, I played through like half the game on the GameCube, and then I came back and finished it on the Wii. So mm-hmm. I guess it, I I can't really discount it. I I totally agree with you in that it was it was not only a great Zelda game, but it was definitely one of the better titles released for the Wii. Um, but you won't find it on my list because I still think it's a GameCube game. You know, and, and it's, I just want to reiterate, like, I, if I could think of more Wii games, I, we were talking before the show started, and I was telling Taylor, like, I own a bunch of Wii games, and none of them, like, a lot of them, I didn't think were good enough to put on this list, because the Wii, to me, when I think of the Wii, it's, a lot of it is shovelware, unfortunately, and it was such a successful console, but that's a double-edged sword, because the more successful you get, the more garbage is put on your console, and I feel like that was the Wii. And especially for the back end of its life cycle, nothing good came out for the Wii. Like from 2010 on, there was like three good games that came out for the Wii. So it's it's tough. Uh, it was a tough list for me to make. So Twilight Princess is there. 
and it's going to take that spot. And I don't care what you all say, it's a Wii game. Totally understandable. So it's it's a fantastic game, and whether you count it as a GameCube game or or a Wii game, it definitely deserves its place in either list. I think. So my number eight is an interesting title. Um, this one's kind of fun because for me, my friends like never really played this one or even really heard of it. And so I don't I don't actually know how popular it is outside of myself. Um, and that one is Little King's Story. Now, this game came I out... I have never heard of this game. Yeah, well, there you go. So it came out in July, on July 21st of 2009. And it's about a little boy who kind of... He ventures out... I, I'm trying to figure out how, how much to say without giving away the full story. It's kind of like Majora's... Just, just go... Okay, it's kind of like Majora's, Majora's Mask. So you have this little boy who ends up in a kind of different world. And when he gets to this different world, he finds a crown which allows him to basically give orders to people. And they, they, they follow his orders. And then it then shows you... It breaks it up into two parts. So you've got your, your ruling mode or building mode... So you can kind of like, um, you're building kind of like this kingdom, essentially. And then you also have your adventuring mode. Now, in the adventuring mode, you're basically trying to find uh, different, like, materials, building, uh, building materials. You can find treasure, you can find these different things you fight and get over like these different puzzles and obstacles and then you come back and then you you build your kingdom and, and explore through the story and at the end there's kind of this fun little twist that again reminds me of Majora's Mask a little bit so it was it was a fun experience at the time and I I can't recommend it more it, it's kind of like it's one of those out of the way titles that I think not a lot of people heard about, but those um, who did play it. Just just it looking great. at it now, it uh, if you want to try and track this game down, it's been released on the Wii. An enhanced remake was made for the PlayStation Vita, although reviews seem to indicate that that is a lesser uh, version. I and did not know it, it came also out for the Vita. on Steam. Yep. Oh. Uh, it was released on Steam in 2016. Initially, there were a lot of bugs in this port, but an update has been put through to fix this. So, if you're interested in this game, Steam it is. That's that's pretty cool, actually. I might have to pick it up for Steam. All right. So this is this is my cheat. Um, my number my number eight game is a PlayStation Two game that was significantly reworked for the Wii, and I believe was. You know, it, it the way that it is on Wii is how it's meant to be played, and that is Okami. Um, Okami is one of the most beautiful games probably that's ever made. It it took it, it it's like a mix of the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess in that you take Twilight Princess's excellent puzzles and dungeons and obviously the wolf 
and you mix it with the gorgeous visuals of the Wind Waker, and it is just like it's it's a breathtaking experience to watch. Um, you know, it, it's basically a Zelda game that uh, that's not quite a Zelda game. Um, and I remember that when I got it, I actually I didn't play it until a few years after it came out, and I ordered this game because a lot of people had said that Okami is really cool, and I I played it, and I was I was just like stricken kind of the first way that I was when I actually saw the Wind Waker move because when you see when you see screenshots of Okami it doesn't really do it justice because when everything's actually flowing and and you know you're in that world it's a it's an awesome experience um so it had it had a lot of really cool uh dungeons to go along with the with the artwork and stuff like that um it was basically a Zelda game you know uh that's that's masquerading as a as original title um, we feature that game a lot on the site, actually, and are inspired by Zelda categories. So, my one complaint about Okami is that I think it runs too long. Um, you fight the final boss, or what what you think is the final boss, who you've been building up for all game, and then there's like there's probably another couple hours left after that. So it feels like feels a little bit anticlimactic after that, uh, if you're asking me. But uh, I, I mean, it's it's a breathtaking experience. I, I can't I can't recommend Okami enough. Um, I, I might've put it higher if it had been an original Wii game, but as it were, it's number eight for me. So yeah, that's why it's not on my list, but it is absolutely one of the most beautiful games in recent memory. Like it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's a solid game. Um, you know, if you, if you like Twilight Princess, you'll probably like Okami, um, and I, and I think that the Wii was really the right place for it because the you when you fight, you put in controls, you're moving like a paintbrush. So having the Wii to just make that motion really just lends itself well. Um, I haven't played the Switch remaster yet, but it's going to feel weird to me not to have that motion control when I play Okami because that's the way that I've always played it. But um, yeah, it's, it's what a game. I haven't picked it up either, but I I might have to. It was you're absolutely right, and I I agree. It definitely felt like it should have been a Wii game, for sure. So my number seven right. is Mad World. Now, <laughs> this game is fun because that's really all it is is mindless fun. So it it does have a plot. It's not really the it's not really like the shining like epitome of what I call storytelling, but it's fun. It's a uh, black and white and red all over uh, game with a, with that kind of color palette. And most critics at the time the game was released say that it looked very Frank Miller's Sin City style uh, in its graphical mm-hmm. presentation. I definitely agree with that. But basically, you play this character named Jack in the city of Varrigan, and you're participating in this uh, kind of event called Death Watch. And basically, your goal is to kill everything around you in as many varied ways as you can think of. You've got a chainsaw in your hand, and you accrue points by uh, killing all the people that are attacking you. Um, 
there are a few levels where you can do like vehicle stuff on his motorcycle um, kind of like almost full throttle-esque but way more advanced for the time and right. there's just a myriad ways of killing people it's very very graphic uh, which is what stuck out to me because you know we're also talking about Nintendo and the Wii so you know when you think of that you don't really necessarily think of graphical bloody combat but this this game is definitely that and it certainly gives you that it's so yeah when i when i look at this game i definitely thought of sin city and i'm just reading a little bit of information about it now and it looks like that was definitely an intentional artistic style and it looks really cool yeah Um, i i love it it's developed by platinum games how similar is this game to something like a bayonetta um there there's some elements to it like the the combat can sometimes feel bayonetta ish um, mm-hmm. something that, uh, there's Manhunt. So if you remember that game for the PS2, this feels like a, a little bit of a tamer Manhunt. So it's not all mm-hmm. about the, it, it's more about making the, this kind of stuff comedic as opposed to like the gritty realism. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and it looks like if you are looking to play this game, you are SOL unless you're going to track down a Wii copy because it's never been re-released anywhere. So, Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. But... That is too bad. If you were lucky or you can go on eBay or Amazon or somewhere and manage to find a copy, I definitely recommend picking it up if you aren't squeamish. It's a lot of fun. All right. Uh, we're going to kind of combine these next two picks because my number seven and Taylor's number six happen to be the same game. Let's talk about Super Smash Brothers Brawl. I mean, what is there to say? It's Smash. Yeah, this game, a lot of people really dump on this game for being slow and for being not melee. But aside from maybe Rock Band 2, I didn't play a single game on the Wii more than Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Um, I I had a lot of really, really intense bet, like battles with my buddies and stuff like that. I, you know, we'd have our feuds or whatever. We'd have, I was Marth, he was Pit, you know, I was Lucas and he was Ike. And it would just like, it would be these like high stakes uh, fights and stuff like that. And... You know what, I really liked, I, I liked Brawl. I think that there wasn't too many characters yet at the time. Um, so I, I really dug Subspace Emissary. I don't know about you. Subspace a Emissary lot of people, is great. Yeah, a lot of people dumped on that, but I, I thought that it was like really fun, actually. Um, it was really long, and all the cool which I think was a lot of people's problems. It was. Yeah, it was long, but you know what? It was something different, and when we got Smash for Wii U and 3DS and playing whatever, like, lame modes they had, they had that that awful frickin' uh, Game of Life board or whatever in Smash for the Wii U, and that was, like, just the worst kind of adventure mode ever, and I was just like, man, I wish that we had Subspace Emissary, like, Brawl. It wasn't really even um, an adventure mode. It actually kind of reminds me of Dragon Ball Fighters, and where you just progress through tiers, and you eventually get to the end, and you beat it, and you hurrah, you unlock a new character, you unlock a new stage, but not much else. Mm-hmm. Whereas so, so I, I really liked Subspace Emissary. Um, yeah. I, I sunk a ton of time into that game. I had, 
I think I was only missing like the most intense of intense trophies left that uh, that you could get. So I think I almost had it all. Um, I really liked all of the new characters that they brought in, I, except for maybe Wario and Wolf. Actually, I was sad that they. Re- Other than that, though, I thought everyone was cool. Yeah, I, I overall the character roster felt really solid to me. I was a little sad that they got rid of some of my more favorite characters like Roy, but and Young Link, of course. But that being said, it was a solid roster. It had a great amount of stages. The stages themselves were really fun. And then, as you said, the Subspace Emissary was fantastic. I, it was a little long. It ran on for quite a bit. It took forever to beat. But, you know, it, it was interesting. It was different. And, oh yeah, those cutscenes, man. Oof. Yeah, those cutscenes were awesome. Um, and one of my favorite things about Smash Bros. Brawl has nothing to do with the actual game. But uh, just the hype train leading up to that game is incredible. Like mm-hmm. you, I remember checking the the website every single day for the daily updates, and contrary to what we got going on right now, where they're just you know daily updating you from like the hundred fighters that are in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Back then, every single update was something new. So like you got a new item, or you got a new stage, or you got a new piece of music. Sometimes they just dropped a bomb on you. They're like, oh, yeah, Olimar is a playable character. Here he is. Um, they didn't have the cool, like, introductionary cutscenes that Smash Wii U and Smash Ultimate have. So, I mean, literally, it was just like, oh, yeah, here. Hey, by the way, Sonic is playable. And it's like, what? And that was another thing, too. That, that was the first instance of uh, of a third-party character being playable is when Solid Snakes showed up in, yeah. uh, in the opening trailer for that game. And that was so cool. And the integration of his character into the game was something else, from the codec calls to just his iconic yeah. his iconic voice lines, and then you know just being able to bazooka oh, he, he Pikachu was, in the face. He was so good. Yeah, I, I, the, um, one of the final points for me on Brawl was its longevity. Like for a game that was not very well received by the community as a whole. It lasted for quite a while for me. Like I spent probably, you know, endless amounts of time in the years between May, uh, between Brawl's release and then finally Smash Four, playing not only with just my friends, but whenever I would go to like cosplay conventions or, or like anime and stuff like that and video games, like we would be entering in those tournaments. We'd be playing you know, well into the wee hours of the night and then getting up to have to go to all the panels and stuff. And it was just, it was mindless fun that it, it I did not have the same uh, experience with, with Smash 4 if only because, I guess, maybe, like, you know, the evolution of, of life. No, but and nobody had a Wii U. But yeah, that too. It wasn't as fun. <laughs> nobody had let me, a Wii Let U. me tell you a story about Smash Bros. Brawl before we move on. Speaking of, con- of conventions and stuff like that, I was at a Comic Con and uh, <laughs> we uh, there was a corner where you know they had a Wii set up and uh, they had Brawl going on, and there's like four I gotta say they're like maybe eight year old kids and these kids are playing each other in Brawl and I was like man these guys suck and I'm looking and I'm looking and uh, I'm kind of standing over them I'm like oh yeah good job buddy and like and I'm watching them play and one of them's like do you want to play and I was like absolutely. So we're playing, and I start to school these kids, like, no mercy, just, like, 
manacle laughing like, ha ha ha, you're dead. And like, these kids were so distraught that I was just like beating them. And I was just like a comic book villain showing no mercy, just like laughing and pointing when they got eliminated. It was so great. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Our beloved Andy Spiteri terrorizing children <laughs> since Brawl's release in 2010. Ugh. 2008. Oh, 2008. All Sorry. Right. I'm looking at something else. <laughs> um, so that is my number seven. That's Taylor's number six. We're going to do it again, actually, because my number six and his number five are the same game. So we're just going to combine them and we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about Donkey Kong Country Returns. Wow. What an entry. Like, I don't know, man. Donkey Kong, for me, most of my experiences with Donkey Kong have been on the Super Nintendo with the original Donkey Kong Countries. And Donkey Kong Country Returns, just, it that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like a return to my childhood and a return to everything that I felt made Donkey Kong great. What about you? Um, I, I agree. I think that the biggest compliment that you can give Donkey Kong Country Returns and at the same time Tropical Freeze is that you can put these two games alongside the original trilogy on the Super Nintendo and they don't feel out of place. Like they feel um, just as good in terms of quality and in terms of that that it that makes it Donkey Kong. Um, Donkey Kong Country, all three of them are actually like really, really up there for me in, in terms of Super Nintendo games. And I, I really like the Donkey Kong series. It's one of my favorite series. Um, so playing this game, I thought was, was really, it was an incredible experience because there's, you know... Typical with Donkey Kong Country games, they're they're pretty easy, and uh, this game was no different. But then, as you start progressing and, and you unlock some of the other worlds, you actually like you get a challenging platformer that I don't think that Donkey Kong gets enough credit for being sometimes. Um, and I remember just like pulling my hair out at at some of these levels sometimes, but not because I felt that they were cheap, but because I felt that like. You know, oh, I should have known this. Like, my reflexes should have been better. And and, and when you have a game like that, I think that uh, that just tells you what a good platformer it is. That when you're frustrated, but you're not frustrated at the game. So I remember that from Donkey Kong Country Returns. And I just remember the some of the levels in that game are just, like, uh, they're just, they're so colorful. And they're so... I don't even, like, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. But it, it just, it brought... It made me really happy, and I guess maybe you're right. Maybe it just made me remember, you know, when I was a kid playing uh, Donkey Kong Country. But yeah, you know what? What a what a return to form for Donkey Kong Country because they'd had those weird Donkey Kongas and like Jungle Beats and other things where you had to use those those bongos or whatever. And it's like just give me a Donkey Kong game, man. Right, just odd peripherals that didn't yeah. really feel like they belonged at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what like what was going through the minds of uh, Nintendo there. Like, how do we make Donkey Kong? You know, how do we take it to the next level? I know. Let's get bongos. Everybody likes bongos. Brilliant. I love it. I I don't get it. I think one of the coolest so, things yeah. too is that they they also decided to 
while while they're obviously trying to go for that nostalgic feel, at the same time they're also offering us some new stuff. For example, like the Tiki's, which were completely new to the series at the time, and yes. they were they were pretty funny and and interesting. Like, you know, we're we're kind of used to King K. Rule and and his band of bananas. But, uh, you know, with this... I have to be honest, I did miss Key Rule in this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, who who doesn't? Like, it, no Donkey Kong game kind of feels complete without him. But still, this game did a pretty good job, even without him. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one flaw in this game, I would say it's that you can't control Diddy. That is true. You can, like, you, you have Diddy, but you don't really control him. He just kind of uh, augments Donkey Kong. And I know that that was a lot of people's complaints in the original trilogy on the Super Nintendo is that you actually didn't really play as Donkey Kong, but I really liked playing as Diddy in those games, so that that would be my one complaint. I mean, at least they didn't take him out of the game. At least you yeah, still yeah. have him. And I, I thought the Tropical Freeze, you know, was really cool too because then you had Dixie and Cranky, which was awesome, and now yeah. Funky. Unfortunately, I never got to play tro- Tropical Freeze, so. Uh, it's it's. I would I would argue that it's almost it's probably even better than returns. Then I might have to pick. But we'll that save that list for another day. Okay. All right. So that's my number six. That's his number five. We're gonna move on to my number five. Are you ready? Let's do it. Super Mario Galaxy Two. Not the first one, but the second one. So spoiler: the first one's on my list as well. Um, Super Mario Galaxy Two was like when i think of the galaxy games it's it's tempting to lump them together but they're actually like quite different um super mario galaxy 2 was a little bit it reminded me more of like a level structure rather than like a true open world sandbox like galaxy did um where you had really large levels instead of like one hub and then you'd shoot off to other stars and stuff like that but uh I, I, you know, I love Super Mario Galaxy 2. It took, it, it had the formula of Super Mario Galaxy 1, added in a ton of new awesome worlds, and uh, gave you Yoshi, which was just an absolute blast to play as. Um, I think that was the first time since, I guess you had him in Sunshine, but he didn't really feel like he was all that important in that game. Mm, yeah. So to me, playing this, it was the first time since, like, Super Mario World that I felt like Yoshi was an integral asset in the game. Which I thought was really cool. Um, Yoshi's the so yeah, best. it's just like yeah, the the puzzles, the the continuation of you know everything that made Mario Galaxy awesome. Um, it, it's like I said, it's tempting to lump the games together, but I don't want to. So separating them, you know, they're both easily some of the best Wii games. So I'm gonna save a lot of what I like about Super Mario Galaxy Two for Super Mario Galaxy One because largely they're the same. So I'm guessing that... But yeah, that's my number five. So I'm guessing that you rate Super Mario Galaxy 2 lower than Super Mario Galaxy. Now, I haven't had the chance to... I never got the chance to play Super Mario Galaxy 2, unfortunately. So what, what do you think... Or why why would you place Galaxy 1 above 2? Um, simply, well, two reasons, and which we'll get to in, in just a bit, but... I felt that Mario Galaxy 1 was a little bit more, um, not open world, but it it felt a little bit more akin to Super Mario 64 in that 
you had your hub world and then you could pick other places. Whereas Gal- Galaxy 2, you kind of advance almost like a 2D Mario game on a board and like you go to your different worlds that way. Some and I think linear. I just like that style. It's, I, I guess you could say that, yeah. Um, and each world in Galaxy 2 had two to three uh, stars that you could get. And uh, it felt like Galaxy 1 had a bit more. And and just also because Galaxy 1 came first. And, you know, a lot of the, the wow when I was playing Galaxy, I already knew to expect that coming into Galaxy 2. Makes sense. That would be the difference. But, yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about that when we get to Galaxy. All right. Well, my number four title, I'll keep this one short and sweet because I'm pretty sure this is not in many people's top ten Wii lists. But it's Harvest Moon Tree of Tranquility. Yeah, I know. Y'all are probably sick of hearing me talk about Harvest Moon, but it's just an addicting game. I love it. It sounds really, really lame, I guess, because you're playing as a farmer. But you'd be surprised how how addicting it is. Like, there's a lot of fun with it. And, And with Tree of Tranquility, one of the things that it introduced that I thought was really cool, there was a unique element that hadn't been in prior Harvest Moon series was actually something with your family so in most harvest moon games you can get married after you know you build up your farm you have a whole bunch of different crops you can grow during the different seasons you have to plan out how you do things you have to plan out you know how many how many and which animals you get and you of course can start a family and something that you could always do in previous games was have a child but beyond beyond a certain stage you could never really do much more with that aspect but in tree of tranquility you could actually uh you could start a new game after you'd gotten to uh, a certain point in in your first playthrough and it was kind of like one of the first new game pluses in a sense for the harvest moon series and if you started a new game you could play as your child and i thought that was really neat addition to the series um it also had a whole you know added your typical stuff like you know new new fruits new vegetables Uh, i think they added a couple of new animals but i don't remember off the top of my head so yeah. All right, wake me up when you're done talking about fruits and vegetables. I'm sorry, Andy. You know, <laughs> forgive me for liking to get down and dirty with the God. earth. God. In any case, that's my number four. Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon. Tree of Tranquility. Shout out to all the people that like Harvest Moon. I'm sorry if I just offended you. It's okay. Andy. Um, you can and you know what? Same too. same to you, Animal Crossing guys. A lot of people love Animal Crossing, and for the life of me, I just it's not my thing. Number four. On my list of best Wii games. Xenoblade Chronicles. Hmm. I have to... Uh, some disclosure here. I actually played the 3DS version of this game. But uh, it's it's awesome. And if we ever do a 3DS version uh, or of this list, that is going to be disqualified. So Xenoblade Chronicles is going right here. Um, it's, an, it's a... You know, what can you say? It's a giant open world RPG. And it is... Uh, it's very, it's very fun. The combat system is, is rather unique in that you have, it's kind of like a mix of Xenosaga, but with modern, 
RPGs, I guess. You have your arts and stuff like that, and you can you can break opponents and then topple them. And it's basically you just chain command enemies and stuff like that. It's a really it's a really fun system to play. Um, it's a really cool setting. I think that's what makes Xenoblade Chronicles stick out is that you basically play on the body of this giant being. Uh, actually, these giant two beings called the Mechanis and the I don't know what the other one's called, the Biosis or something like that. And that's your world. You Your world is on these giant dudes. And uh, you're basically trying to stop this war from going on. It's got kind of a cliche plot. Um, but the characters are all really good. They all have excellent Australian accents. Uh, to anybody that's played Super Smash Bros. and wonder where Shulk come from, well, Shulk comes from Xenoblade Chronicles. I was so, just about um, to ask that. Yeah, he's he's the main protagonist of this game. Um, it's really, it, it's, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have the best story, but it has a, a really cool setting. I think if I had to pick one thing about this game, that would be it is this, there's so many varied locations. Um, I, man, I played the heck out of this game, like probably a hundred plus hours and I still had a lot to do when I was finished. So I really appreciate that about games getting value for your money. I feel like you said um, the same thing about Xenoblade 2, though. Like, where it's got an okay I, I story did, yeah. at best, but, like, everything else is great. Uh, and let me... No, let me rephrase. So so Xenoblade Chronicles has... It actually... It, uh, let me rephrase. It has, it has a pretty good story. How about that? It has a pretty good story, but it's nothing spectacular. Xenoblade Chronicles 2... Uh, that story is just the shits. It's so convoluted <laughs> and awful and over the top and every character sucks and there's awkward scenes of like, it's it's very, I don't know how to say this properly, so I'm not going to say it at all actually. It's, yet it's, it's so still, JRPG that it's ridiculous. Yet um, it still would be in his top 15 of, list on Switch. It would. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, gameplay-wise, is a fantastic, fantastic game. Um, gameplay-wise, it's the best Xenoblade Chronicles. I put 100 hours into Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but the story is so garbage. Like, it literally doesn't make any sense at all. You, you get awkward shots of uh, close-ups of, like, girls' boobs and stuff like that, and it's just like, why is this here? Like, what is going on? How does this add to the story? There's just... It's a bunch of, like... It's just a bunch of garbage. Like, for example... Like, 20 hours into the game, you find out that your two main characters... That uh, one girl's named Pyra... Oh, Pyra has a split personality living inside of her. Does that make any sense? No. Does it explain why she's there? No. Are they separate people? Were they before? I played 100 hours of this game. I still don't know. So, anyways. Wow. So, okay. yeah. So, but Xenoblade Chronicles... Yeah, uh, Xenoblade Chronicle 1, you know, by comparison, that story looks like, you know, that story looks like Lord of the Rings compared to Xenoblade Chronicles 2. But it's, it's a very fun game. Uh, there's a lot of side quests and stuff to flesh out the world, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Hmm. Well, to each their own. I might have to play it at some point. But we're moving on. My number three is Super Mario Galaxy. The first one. So I, yeah. I propose. Hold on a sec. I propose. Let me get a, a proposition here. I propose that we hold on to number three for just one quick sec. I'm gonna give you my number three. Okay. And spoiler alert: when we get to my number two, we can dive into your number three. What do you say to that? All right, sure. Go for it. 
All right. My number three for top Wii games is Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. Uh, I am obviously a huge Metroid fan. Anybody that's ever listened to this podcast knows that, so it should probably be no surprise that uh, my top Wii games here are Nintendo's heaviest hitters. Uh, Metroid Prime 3 was the culmination of the Metroid Prime trilogy, and it really uh, it, you know, it went out with a bang. I think that the Wii motion controls really improved how Metroid Prime played, to the point where once I got Metroid Prime Trilogy, I, I don't really want to play them any other way. So I think that the Wii controls really took Metroid Prime to the next level. Um, I like Metroid Prime 3 better than 2, I would say. Um, it, it's, it was a really cool story. There's a really cool sense of finality to it when you're fighting Dark Samus and you, you kind of see, they're called Auroras, but they're basically big mother brains. So you, you kind of see like the origins of mother brain too, which is, you know, something that I thought was really cool. But, um, yeah, it's just like, it, it, it is more of the same from metroid prime but more of the same when you're at that level of quality isn't a bad thing so the worlds were all awesome the uh the new upgrades and stuff were really cool and uh you know it was it was a very fitting way i think to go out for retro on metroid prime so uh metroid prime 3 corruption my jam makes sense all right so we're down to the last two for each of us although we still got to talk about super mario galaxy so, Taylor, without further ado, what is your number two Wii game? All right, n- number two on my list is No More Heroes. Now, this Travis game... Travis Touchdown. Yeah, Mr. Travis Touchdown. I mean, this... I think almost universally, like, whenever people talk about the Wii, this game inevitably comes up, and for good reason. For... And it brings me back to what what I was describing Mad World as, and where it's kind of Mad World is kind of like a you know this just a simple simple fun game. Nowhere Heroes is kind of the same thing, but with a better story. And you get a freaking lightsaber. Well, I mean, it looks it kind of looks like a light bulb and a lightsaber combined. They call it a beam katana. Uh, I think calling it a lightsaber is generous. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, it looks like a lightsaber. It feels like a lightsaber. At least it did to me, being a huge Star Wars fan. But it was just, it was pure, unadulterated fun. So you play as Travis Touchdown, this, like, over-the-top nerd who is, <laughs> like, I mean, he's, he's your typical guy. You know, loves loves his anime, uh, he's also into wrestling, which is the one thing I really didn't identify with, but like, he, he's the kind of guy that you would not imagine doing the things he's about to do. And it takes a really weird turn into where you find out that you've got to basically hunt down these 10 assassins who are like these, the best assassins in the world. You go out and you have to kill them. So you got to fight them and kill them. It's uh it's an open world game and it just it felt the combat feels crisp, it feels clean and you just go through tons of enemies. It it almost feels somewhat like Dynasty Warriors a little bit except a little bit more mature. And you know, I don't know. what? I it's... I agree with that. I think that's exactly what it feels like. And I think that's why I don't really like it. Uh, is, is it's just it's a little bit 
too hack and slash for me. Um, I will say, though, I really do enjoy the setting of that game and kind of the the tone and the style of No More Heroes. Yeah. Um, I think Travis Touchdown is a really likable main character. Um, I'll never forget, like, don't you save in that game by just taking a dump? <laughs> yes, the, essentially. Yeah, I, that that tells you everything you need to know about No More Heroes. It's it's over the top violent, which I I think you know it, I like it. Um, and, and it, I just remember thinking that No More Heroes was such it was such not a Wii game, if that makes sense. Yes, um, it, it just wasn't the type of game that you'd expect to be on the Wii. Even though like the N sixty four and GameCube had fairly mature games, by the time we rolled around to the Wii, Nintendo were like really kind of honed in on the the family market and i believe no more heroes was one of the earlier wii games too wasn't it yes it was it came out in 2007 in japan december 6 and in north america it came out very shortly after on january 22nd so it was yeah, so early on yeah so i like i actually i own this game actually and uh and and there is like there is uh, a lot of good things about it, um, and I can see why I can see why people like it. I think one of the best things about the game too is like again going back to Mad World, like you have these two games that are so thematically different from what we're used to on the Wii, but then also there's with, with No More Heroes specifically, they actually added in a lot of really good story elements. Like, they're simple story elements, but they're good story elements. And it's something that Mad World kind of lacked for me. And one of the things with No More Heroes is at the end, there's a pretty big twist. And it's both sad and funny at the same time. And then you're kind of left wondering, what the hell just happened? And then on top of that, the, as you said, the graphically, like, this game is in graphically and stylistically, this game is almost as good as Okami. I would say. Mm, I, I will say I don't know if I agree with that, but I'll say that it uh, it ages well because of the style that they chose to go for. Well, I said almost. I didn't say is. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's get on over to my number two. Your number three. This is probably a giant spoiler as to what our number ones are going to be. But let's talk about Super Mario Galaxy before we get to number one. Um, one of the greatest games of all time, I think. I think you and everybody else in the world believes this, including myself. It is one of the greatest games of all um, time. Absolutely. It's it's so, it's so good. Like it just uh, Super Mario Sunshine for the GameCube was really good, but it, it felt something was off about that game. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the fact that like all of the worlds were kind of the same theme because you're in like this tropical paradise and stuff like that. Um, so like there was a lot of like beachy, watery kind of levels and stuff like that, especially because you had the backpack on. Right. Uh, maybe it's because you had the flood on that that Mario Sunshine didn't feel as good because then you had that uh, handicap basically on your back to to bail you out if you ever missed a jump or whatever. But, uh, man, like, it, it just, it felt like, to me, playing Mario Galaxy felt like the sequel to Mario 64 that I always wanted, and it was so trippy, and the, 
the the gravity bending mechanics of that game just were so so cool and i always remember back to playing super mario galaxy and i was just like this game is fun if i you know this is this might be the funnest game i've ever played i might like some games better in terms of like their story or in terms of like a specific gameplay element but when i think of a game and having fun playing it super mario galaxy is like the definition of that for me because i just had a blast playing this game yeah it's i mean the funniest part of this game is probably how out there it is like it's it definitely has that mario feel and it doesn't feel out of place but it's definitely not the thing I thought about when I heard about the next Super Mario game coming out. That it was, oh, we're going to space, and we're going to go to all these different planets with uh, with Mario. But it works out, and it, it's interesting. And as you said, those mechanics, like gravity. Also, I, I really enjoyed the, the power-ups. Like, the spring suit was a lot of fun to use. Um, oh, yeah. I, you know? I, I totally forgot about that. Like... And the beast suit? It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing about this game that's, like, boring. No, the, the game is just an absolute blast from, like, everything down, from the power-ups to the way that you can, like, run around, like, little planets and that you're running upside down and backwards and the, the jumping mechanics in this game just felt so, so crisp. Um, the, the graphics... For for the Wii at that time, this game looks insane. awesome. Insane, insane. Yeah, it, it it looks great. Um, there isn't a thing about this game that that doesn't work for me. Um, I I think that I I think that in terms of just pure fun gameplay, this is not only the funnest game on the Wii. It's more, maybe one of the funnest games ever. I can't disagree. That that's. I that's I would game. stack this up against. You know, a lot of people like to talk about uh, Super Mario Bros. 3 and Super Mario World and stuff like that. I give you Super Mario Galaxy as my favorite Mario game, and I, I will stack that up against those titles anytime. I would say that, like, this game, it's very similar to the setup of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. So we have Super, we have Super Mario 64, which kind of set the stage, and then we have Super Mario Galaxy, which... I, I don't think Majora's Mask kind of, like, overtook Ocarina of Time. I do feel like Super Mario Galaxy overtook Super Smash 6, or Super Super Mario 64. It took everything that worked in Super Mario 64, developed it, evolved it, expanded on it, and and just made everything better and more fun. And there's nothing better. There's nothing I, more. I think, I, that, I think Galaxy differentiated itself yeah like way more than majora's mask did from ocarina of time for that particular analogy but i i agree like it took what worked about super mario 64 and honestly almost everything worked in super mario 64 but that's and what i it mean just took it to that next level yeah that, that's that what, that's what i mean it's like majora's galaxy. mask didn't succeed at that but for me at least but uh galaxy did yeah so see like Super Mario Galaxy is, I think, one of the one of the greatest games of all time. We're running long here, though. Let's get to our number one game. Spoiler, we both have the same number one. You've come to a Zelda podcast, so what do you expect? Number one, The Legend of Zelda, Skyward, Skyward Sword. Sword. 
I mean, now I, I just sit here, I just sat here and talked about how much of a masterpiece Super Mario Galaxy is. So that should tell you in what high esteem I hold Skyward Sword. And this might be a controversial pick because there's a lot of Zelda fans out there that don't like this game. And I think stubbornly so that don't like this game. You know, it's interesting because I don't know very many people who put Skyward Sword as high as you or I do on our lists. It's uh, yeah. There's about there's about two other people at Zelda Dungeon that really like this game. So let's let's talk about motion controls first and foremost here. Let's just let's discuss this and get it out of the way because this pertains to the actual Wii itself. I think we got. I never lucky. had a problem with motion controls, and yeah, you, you might be right. We might have got lucky because some people say that they did. Um, I I don't know. To me, I got I got like the the special gold zelda edition of the wii motion plus wii remote or wiimote and uh it it worked like a dream um i thought it was i thought it was really fun like like when i look at twilight princess you're just you're you know wriggling your your wrist like a limp fish and that's your that's your sword attacks and i'm like okay this is this is neat i guess it's skyward sword you are in the action like you you've got to slash your enemies precisely if you're gonna beat them and and to me it was just it felt like a lot a lot better job of immersing the player and in getting them interacting with everything that's going on like when i when i finally hit some of these sword strikes i was just like okay perfect i did that right like i'm awesome whereas the twilight princess it's like whatever i'm, I'm just wiggling my wrist you know um, doing a Skyward Strike in Skyward Sword was awesome. Yeah, yeah, but there's nothing more annoying than trying to go up against a Deku Baba and just not being able to hit that darn mouth in the right way because he keeps switching it up. Ugh. But that being said, so yeah, I, I mean, I didn't have any controls, issues either. So yeah, you you never had any problems either. No, and I played on two different Wii's as well. So you'd think that. I would have a more likely chance of running into that issue since so many people seem to have had it. But I don't know whether it was because um, the people that were having the issues were just the vocal majority as opposed to the actual majority. But I don't know, man. I I had I, pretty flawless controls in terms of... We, not necessarily me, but the yeah. system. We, we've talked about it before on this podcast how... Uh, E3 basically ruined Skyward Sword for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that that really, really sticks with Skyward Sword. I think it just carries that stigma around of like, oh, well, it didn't work at this demo, so it probably doesn't work at home. You know what I mean? So I think it really suffers from that E3. And I don't think it ever truly recovered. Skyward Sword didn't also come out at an optimal time. This game came out in November 2011, and the Wii was like... The Wii was pretty much a dead fish in the water at this point. There hadn't really been any games of note to come out since, like, 2010. So, it, it, it was a tough time. For Skyward Sword got dealt a lot of tough cards, I think. But, um, I, like, the motion controls, I, I think, were great. It lent itself to a new experience. And being able to have a game in where you could kind of design enemies and design puzzles based off of the fact that you would be much more immersed into it. It felt good. But I also mm -hmm. understand that if it wasn't working for someone, how it would 
play out poorly. But because it works so great for us, I think that's part of the magic. And, I mean, apart from, like, the solid gameplay that you and you and I experienced, I think the other really great part of it that can sometimes gets lost in that shuffle of, oh my god, my, my Wiimote doesn't work, or my Wii Motion Plus is not giving me the, the proper read inputs, is the story. Because the story of uh, Skyward we're, we're Sword... Get, we're going to get there in just a sec here. Okay. Before we get there... Sorry, I want to I want to integrate the controls just just a bit more here, uh, because that that's you know when you think of Sky Resort for better or worse, that's what you think of here. Let's take a quick look at some of the items that appear in this game and that made you know a great use of the Wii motion controls. The first item that comes to mind for me is that little bug the that beetle? you can uh, that you can yeah the beetle that you can send flying, I, like it. You know, I think that Skyward Sword took a lot of really cool items that had sort of kind of been done before and really reworked them to to augment the, the Wii controls well, such as, like, I mean, you'd had the claw shots in Twilight Princess, and those were pretty cool. Um, but I think that it also introduced, like, just a lot of, like, little cool items like that, cool extra little puzzles like that that I thought were, that really added to, to the game. And I think that, like... Also, like when I think of Skyward Sword, I think of the dungeons in that game and how fantastic they are. Um, some of my favorite dungeons in the series are, you know, are in Skyward Sword and and bosses for that matter too. The boss of uh, uh, the ancient, what is it, ancient uh, chasm, chasm, Chester, whatever, whatever that guy, whatever that guy's called, Kalactos. Um, yeah. He's 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 awesome. That's probably one of my favorite boss battles in all of Zelda. The like the Buddha yeah. looking statue. Dude. I was about to say, otherwise yeah. known as one of the best battles in all of all of anything, mm-hmm. in my mind from Nintendo. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, you also you also nailed it. So let's let's just skip the rest of that and we'll just dive into the story. For me, that's why Skyward Sword is number one. If it wasn't for that story, Super Mario Galaxy would probably be number one on this list. I, I can agree with that. I mean, there's not there's so much to it. I mean, for one thing, we had we had a story in which everybody was looking at it from the start and going, you know, same thing that happened kind of with Breath of the Wild, where people are like, huh, where could this fit in our own you know personal idea? Because back then, uh, we didn't have a timeline yet. And so everybody's thinking, it was like, oh, you know, where where might we fit this in? And then you start playing through the game and like just things are so weird. Like we've got the name, we got everything named after the goddesses. So we've got, you know, Farron in uh, Dinral. Oh no, no, that was the uh, that was the dragon. Breath no, of the that's Wild. Breath of the Wild. Um, You've got Farron, Lanayru, Lanayru, and. Uh... Elden. Elden, that's right. So you ha- you have these three lands that clearly mimic the names of the goddesses. Then you start encountering the three the three different dragons. You were encountering Impa again. Um, also, this is clearly far and away the best version of Impa ever. In oh, the series. yeah. Can we agree on that? Yes, absolutely. Right. She. I, I think if Ocarina of Time actually showed like Impa doing half the crap that 
Impa does in Skyward Sword, that might be the best one, but far and away. Absolutely. I, I think that Impa just, like, her character design looks so cool. And we see... Like, if she shows up in Smash Ultimate as a clone of Sheik, she better have her Skyward Sword. <laughs> yeah. And, and we see two um, so, different yeah, versions so, of her, too, which is incredible, kind of like seeing that evolution. Well, which, which is a spoiler, but also really, really cool. Right. So, I, uh, you know that I don't like the timeline. But I do love a good origin story, and just showing the the seeds of how the Master Sword was actually formed, I thought was great. But like, the thing that I notice when I think about Skyward Sword's story is just how Emotional. much more polished this seems. It, it just like even from a cinematic standpoint, like the the close ups of Zelda's face when she's going to sleep and sealing herself away are, are heartbreaking. The the fight scenes between Girahim and Impa are just like. The cinematics of it just seem to be on another level from yeah. any previous Zelda games. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think that like that's that's probably the best version of Zelda that we've ever seen. Her relationship with Link in that game, I think, feels so natural. And like, I'm 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 a pretty you know my heart is black, and I I'm just like Ugh, I hate love stories and stuff like that in games. But like, I was rooting for Link and Zelda in this game. You know, I, I agree, because I don't really ship Link and Zelda in any form, usually. But Skyward Sword just it made it work. And even if you didn't ship them, like they worked really well as best friends. And you could have it either or, even though it's heavily implied to be, you know, a romance. That was a that was a romance for sure. I, who's, I, look, who's saying they're just friends in that game? I Get agree, but you could you could say that, and it would be okay. But like they, how it's definitely how funny fun. was that side quest with the item girl too? <laughs> the poor item <laughs> oh girl. Oh my god! No, what was her name like like Prudus or something like that? Something something awful. It, uh, well, <laughs> it was a shame, is what it was. No, I I I think that the that there's so many just incredible moments in this story a lot of people really dump on fee i think she's great she's one of my favorite companions and i don't care what you say at the very end of that game when fee's theme is playing fee's farewell that piano music is playing thank you master may we meet again in another life i don't care who you are how cold your heart is if you are not tearing up you are not a zelda fan that is a great great scene and then before that, you have you have the scene that, as, as I previously mentioned, where Zelda is sealing herself away. She calls Link sleepyhead. Oh my god, that just... God, that, that almost has me in tears right now. The emotion of Skyward Sword and the way that they execute it, the way that they portray every moment from when you start as a Lofwing knight initiate, like try, or like trying to become you know, an official mm -hmm. knight, and then, you know, going through all the trials and tribulations, chasing after Zelda in the hopes that you can just save her from this mysterious, you know, Girahim, who we don't, you know, we find out later what, what he is and what and, he's And what a do. creep that mofo is. He's one of my favorite characters. I mean... Well, he, he would be one of your favorite characters. I, I cannot um, get over... Going into let's, a Zelda let's quickly... game fight with him, and then him just whispering. And he's in licking his ear. your ear. Yes, it's Ugh. so good. <laughs> All right, let's quickly talk about some of the some of the faults of this game. I think we could probably both agree that flying your loft wing kind of sucks. Yeah, it was very. It's not empty. that. It's not that great. That's the one instance where like the Wii mote I think doesn't feel all that good. 
Yeah, not only um, that, like where all, all the entire time you're flying your loft wing, it's mostly empty space. It gives me very Wind Waker-y feels, and we all know how I feel about Wind Waker. And uh, a lot of people also dump on the imprisoned fights, which I don't think they're awful, but I, like I also them. can see where people are coming from when they say that, like, okay, I've already fought this guy three times. Yeah, um, I, get I, I get that. I think the payoff, I think the payoff was good. Yes. Totally when you get demise it. coming in and you and you find out like the origin it's almost like the origin story of the master sword and of ganondorf and it's it's like the origin story of the whole series really it absolutely is um so yeah just like man I, you know i know that a lot of people in the zelda community are just like oh skyward sword sucks but i you know i will defend this game until the day i die i think it's one of the greatest zeldas ever it's a masterpiece it's in my top five favorite games of all time and for once i will be r- standing right there with you um and yeah so there you go uh quickly we'll break it down so number 10 taylor has new, new super, super mario, mario bros, bros. we i have rock band 2 number nine taylor's got mario kart we i've got twilight princess number eight taylor little king story andy okami Number seven, Taylor Mad World, Andy Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Number six, Taylor Super Smash Bros. Brawl, and Andy Donkey Kong Country Returns. Number five, Taylor's got Donkey Kong Country Returns, and he's got Super Mario Galaxy 2. Number four, Taylor Harvest Moon Tree of Tranquility, Andy Xenoblade Chronicles. Number three, Taylor with Super Mario Galaxy. Andy with Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. Number two, Taylor with No More Heroes, and he's got Super Mario Galaxy. Both of us have Skyward Sword as our best Wii game ever. And I think that that's very fitting. It's a great list. Rivals are yes. gra- our Game Boy Advance list. We could even call this definitive. I I think that I would say that the Game Boy Advance has a better library than the Wii, if I'm being honest. Overall, the the yeah. Wii has a top-heavy five. The, the top like five or six games for the Wii, I think, are incredible. But then after that, it just dives. Dives off a cliff. Fair enough. We we are running long here, though, so we're going to send you on your way. Thank you so much for listening to our list of top Wii games. We want to know what yours are. Let us know in the comments in Zelda Dungeon and uh, tweet at us and let us know. You can find me at Twitter at Spateri316, and you can find Taylor at GIF underscore Bluehawk. And that is episode 23 of the Champions cast. So, again, thank you, everybody, for coming and uh, spending some time with us here. Don't, uh, don't forget to head over to Podbean and to iTunes and drop us a subscription, a like, a review, all that good stuff. We have new episodes out every single Monday, so come on over and check us out. Uh, to everybody that uh, joined us this week for this epic countdown, thank you very much, and we will see you guys. Same Zelda time, same Zelda channel next Monday. And we're out. Thanks for listening, guys.